I'm going to leave the book of Acts today. And I'm going to go to 1 Kings chapter 8. I feel like this is important in this time that we're living in. These are unprecedented times in many ways, at least in our lifetime. It's not that these things have never happened before on planet Earth. They have happened before. But in our lifetime, I've never experienced anything like this, and I know some of you can say the same thing. Coronavirus will pass. I want you guys to understand this. I want you guys to know this. Life will return to what we call normal. This will not fundamentally change our world. Disease will not fundamentally change our world because the fundamental problem with our world is the reason we have disease. Sin that has infected all mankind and all creation is the reason we have death and destruction in our world. It's the reason we have coronavirus and every other virus and every other plague and every other pestilence. The fundamental problem we have is sin. That means that what man needs most is repentance from his sin and the salvation that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is why Jesus commands us not to fear physical death, but to fear God. Man will never save himself God will keep allowing pandemics and death and destruction until man realizes that only Jesus can save us. The church and her assembling is not an unnecessary privilege. The church and her witness is necessary and vital to the salvation of the world. The church must Stop seeking the approval from the world and live boldly in the truth. It is the church, not the world, that is the problem. I want to make that very clear. God in addressing people is addressing his people. The scripture I'm getting ready to read to you is a prayer on behalf of God's people. The command that God gives is a command to the people of God to look to him and to trust him, to be a witness to the world that is blind and dead in their sin. Until the people of God come to know the plague of their own heart, we are doomed to suffer these things. It is time for God's people to fear again, not a virus, but God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and God knows in this day, today, we need wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22 and 23, and then I'm going to read verses 37 through 39. If you're at home, get your Bible out, open to 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. This is the prayer Solomon prayed in dedication to the temple. Remember, David was not allowed to build the temple. His son Solomon was given this task by God. Solomon built the temple, and now after the temple had been completed, Solomon is dedicating the temple to the Lord. And this is Solomon's prayer of dedication, beginning in 
1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on the earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Verse 37, when there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, when their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone, or by all your people Israel, when each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands toward his temple, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. Father, we come to you today with humble hearts. Submitted in all humility to your authority. We ask you, God, that you would have mercy on your people. And that you would have mercy on our land. And on this world. That in your mercy God. You would break through the hardness of men's hearts. You would break through their fear. Of things they should not fear more than you. We ask God in your mercy and in your grace. To save us. Save us from the sin the true virus, the true infection that is terminal in all mankind. The only remedy for that infection we call sin is Jesus Christ. And the remedy has come. It has been spread abroad. And we proclaim that remedy today through the gospel of Jesus Christ that the only hope the only salvation that man has is in Jesus Christ. Father, open our hearts and our minds. Open our ears to hear and our eyes to see the good news of Jesus Christ. And in your grace and mercy, save us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at a portion of Solomon's prayer. Solomon prayed this, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on earth below like you. What or who do you fear? That's a question we need to all ask ourselves. It's a question we need to all answer. And some would say, I fear nothing. And right now it appears there are many people, it appears there are many people that fear everything. 
To those who fear nothing, that is really the problem. Do we recognize God for who he is and do we fear him? If we understand who God is, why do we fear anything else? That is not to say that we should tempt God foolishly because we should not. And we see this when the, when the enemy came to Jesus and said, Jesus, the Bible says you could jump off the pinnacle of this temple that the angels will not even allow you to stub your toe. And Jesus said, the scripture says, do not tempt the Lord your God foolishly. This is the dilemma we see in the scripture. We are, obey, we are commanded to obey the authorities that God has put in place. And we are also commanded to obey God, and we should do both. But our first allegiance of obedience is always to God. We should respect real threats and use wisdom, but we should not live in fear. We must learn to fear God so that we do not live in fear of the world and the things in this world. There is no God like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. God keeps his covenant and mercy with his servants who walk before him with all their hearts. The condition is not upon God. The condition is upon us. If we do not walk before God with all our hearts, it is us, not God, who breaks covenant. When we walk away from God, we expose ourselves to things we cannot save ourselves from. When all is said and done, only God can save us. It doesn't matter how safe and secure we are, wherever we are. Death will find all of us. Death will catch up with all of us one day. For the Bible says it is appointed unto man to die once and then the judgment. Solomon continues, continues his prayer and he says Where, when there is pestilence. Do you know that this pandemic we call coronavirus or COVID-19. This is exactly what the word pestilence means. When there is pestilence. Whatever plague or whatever sickness there is. Plague Pestilence and sickness came into this world through sin. The answer to the problem of sin is found only in God, specifically in Jesus Christ. This is why we must all realize that only God can save us. And the only name by which man can be saved is the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above every other name, period. Whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone, that means by you or by me, by anyone, or by all your people, Israel, Solomon prays. If just one of you prays, or if all of us pray, God promises one and all that whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made from a heart that has come to know its own plague, he will hear. Listen to the words 
of Solomon in this prayer. Whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel. When each one knows the plague of his own heart. Look around. Watch the news. Listen to the news. Read the articles. Do you know what plague people have come to know? It's called coronavirus. It's called COVID-19. Do you realize the plague that people have not yet come to know? It's exactly what Solomon prays right here. That we must all, all of us, your pastor included, all of us must come to know the plague of our own heart. And when we come to know the plague of our own heart, the promise is that God will hear us. When each one comes to know the plague, that is the sin in their own heart, and spreads out his hands toward this temple. Do you see there is something taking place in the heart of man, and there is something that's being translated from the heart into the actions of man. Solomon prays, he says, when man comes to know the plague in his own heart and stretches out his hands toward this temple. And yes, in Solomon's day, it was a physical temple that they had just built. But remember, that physical temple in Solomon's day, just like that physical rebuilt temple in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah and in the days of Jesus when he walked into that temple compound and walked into the very temple that Solomon is speaking of here, the rebuilt temple. Those temples, the first and the second temple, were just types and shadows. They were pictures to point us to the true temple who is Jesus Christ So you need to understand that when Solomon prays this prayer that was spoken to the people of Israel that were assembled before him in that day, Solomon is praying that prayer to the people of Israel in that day, but he is praying that prayer for the people of Israel in all days, including our day today. In fact, right now, in this very place, in this building, in your homes, wherever you are, this prayer applies to you. And if you are in Christ, then you are the temple. Jesus is the temple. And when we know the plague of our own heart, and when we stretch forth our hands toward the temple, toward Jesus Christ, when we turn our hearts and our very lives to Jesus Christ, the promise of God is that he will hear us. When we act in humble obedience to acknowledge our own sin before God, then God, hear in heaven and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know. God knows our heart right now. God knows your heart right now. Whether you voice it or whether you keep it all inside, God knows exactly what is taking place in your heart. He knows everything your heart contains better than you know yourself. He is the God who alone knows the hearts of all the sons of men. Then that word Then, when we know the plague of our own heart, 
when we know our own sin and when we turn to the Lord Jesus, then when man knows the sin of his heart, when he repents and confesses and turns his heart and his life fully toward God, God will hear, will forgive, will act, and will give to man the mercy and the grace that he needs. For God alone knows the heart of man and will not reject a broken and contrite heart. Do you hear me, church? God will not reject a broken and a contrite heart. This is the promise of God to those whose heart is turned fully to him. Listen to Psalm 51, 17. Psalm 51 is the psalm that David penned as a psalm of repentance because of his sin against God when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had Bathsheba's husband murdered so that he could have that woman. And when David realized the plague in his own heart, he repented, he cried out, he turned to the Lord. It's recorded for us. In Psalm 51, verse 17 says this, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. Did you hear that? God dwells with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The promise of God to those who know the plague of their own heart, who humbly spread out their hands and turn their hearts and turn their lives toward God, is that he will not reject them, but he will revive them. Can you see? Can you see this is what we need today? We need people broken and contrite before the Lord. We need people understanding the plague in our own hearts before we can discern any plague, any pestilence, anything outside in this world. We need to discern the plague of our own heart. And we need to turn to the Lord. We need to fear God because only God holds our healing, our salvation, and our life. He will not reject those who have a broken and a contrite heart. He will not reject them. He will revive them. This is the promise of God. Today, as much, if not more than any other day in human history, we need God to revive his people in the midst of this sin-plagued world. It is not a biological plague or pandemic we should fear most. It is God who we should fear most. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The scripture teaches us this. We can take all the precautions to stop the spread and flatten out the spike of this virus. And we should. 
But this pandemic is symptomatic of much deeper issues than any that will be found in in epidemiology. Study the virus all you want. Find the vaccination. Find the cure for it and cure everybody. But the plague that still plagues us is still present with us. It is sin. And there is no cure. There is no vaccination. There is no inoculation for that other than the blood of Jesus. This and all pandemics are symptomatic of the plague of man's own heart. The plague we must fear most is not biological, it is spiritual. It is not a virus, but our very own sin that should have long ago brought us to our knees. When man comes to know the plague of his own heart, then God will move. Do not think that a pandemic of this or any other scope, great or small, can occur outside of God's knowledge and God's authority. This pandemic and other upheavals are occurring because man refuses to know the plague of his own heart. God is showing man through an outward plague, the very plague of sin inward in our hearts. While we are necessarily washing the outside of our bodies and doing all to keep us safe from coronavirus, we must not fail to wash the inside. We need a spiritual cleansing. We need to repent of our sin and turn fully to Jesus and his cleansing blood. If supplication made by anyone, anyone is effective Imagine if we all prayed and all began to seek his face, not because of coronavirus. Hear me, church. Not because of a pandemic or a virus, but because of our sin. The promise is that God will hear. He will forgive our sin. He will heal our land. This is what God told Solomon concerning things just like the very things we are living right now. Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, this is God speaking, by the way, or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. People say God didn't send the pestilence. The devil did. Now let me correct you. Right here, God says, when I send pestilence, the devil can do nothing outside of God's authority. Nothing. If the devil is out running loose outside of God's authority, we've got a, we've got a much bigger problem than the coronavirus on our hands. Listen, there is no one, there is nothing that exists outside of God's authority because everything exists because of him. I'm going to read it again. When I send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now I'm going to pause there for a moment. I'm going to remind you of something that I remind you of not infrequently. And I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to believers right now. I hope there are unbelievers listening, hearing the gospel. 
But I want the believers to hear me right now. There are a lot of people out there pointing fingers at the world and saying it's the sin of this and the sin of that and it's the world's fault. I want to draw your attention to the word of God and God addressing his people. And God did not say if the sinners in the world would humble themselves and pray. It says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I'm going to remind you again, the problem is not the world. The problem is the church. It's a church that seeks to be like the world. It's a church that seeks the approval of the world. It's a church that's fallen in love with the world, and that's not the world's fault. That's the church's fault. It's people who call themselves believers, but live like the world, embrace the world, and love everything about the world. That's not the world's fault. That is the people of God's fault. That is the church's fault. So let's point the finger at the proper place. Let's point it at ourselves. Here I am, your pastor, and I'm pointing the finger at my own heart. The problem is my own heart. The problem is not out there in the world. The problem is in us. And God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. If they will do that, then, then, when? Then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Right now on planet earth, I don't know if you realize this, I know you know we have a global pestilence called COVID-19 or coronavirus, but did you also know that we have swarms of locusts so massive that they are threatening lives throughout Africa and the Middle East? Did you know that? We read about these things in the Bible, these plagues in the Bible. Do you know that we're living that right now? That there are people in the world that aren't just worried about coronavirus. They're, they're trying to figure out how they're going to survive the swarms of locusts that have overrun their lands and eaten everything. Isn't it interesting? When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn. So it's not just saying, yes, Lord, I see my sin, but it's extending your hands. It's turning yourself. It's embracing Jesus. It's not just saying what I know in my heart. It's what am I going to do? How am I going to live? If they will turn. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will humble. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. These things happening in the earth are not coincidental occurrences. This is God moving in his world to bring man to a place of knowing the plague of his own heart. And more than the, before the world can know, the people of God must come to know the plague of their own heart. When man begins to know the plague of sin in his own heart, he will cry out to God in repentance and prayer. Then God will hear and forgive and act and give his merciful kindness and bring the healing that can only be found in Jesus. It's not time for the church to fear a pandemic or pestilence. Respect it, yes, 
but fear God. It is not time for the church to rise up. It is time for the church to rise up and to face our sin and to face the enemy that seeks to devour us. We face our sin and our enemy, not in our own power, not in our own strength, but in the power of his might by the blood of Jesus. Do you realize that the greatest thing you will ever face in your life is not a disease? It's not a physical threat. The greatest thing you will ever face in your life that you yourself have no power to defeat and overcome is sin. And if Jesus has overcome your sin, then there is nothing else we should be afraid of. If God is for us, who can be against us? The answer is no one. If God is for us, what do we have to fear? Not one thing. For the fear of the Lord has given us wisdom and knowledge and understanding to boldly yet humbly face all things head on in the power of his might. God does not give us wisdom to tempt him or to act foolishly, but to obey him and to walk humbly before our God. While the world is working hard to deem the church unnecessary, the church must rise up as necessary for the salvation of the world. For the church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in this earth. And Jesus alone is the salvation of the world. We are the church, the blood-bought, the redeemed. We are charged to be a witness in this world into powers and principalities in heavenly places. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 10 through 12. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through him in faith. We have been saved we have been brought into this world for such a time as this. We are here on planet earth at this time to make manifest, to make known the manifold wisdom of God through our lives. We cannot be that witness and make known the manifold wisdom of God while we hide our light. We must daily be on the front line fighting the good fight of faith. We wage our warfare on our knees in prayer, in our prayer closets, on our feet, in the world, in word and in deed. We wage war in our prayer closets, in our kitchens, and everywhere we go, in everything we do. Even if you've been quarantined to your home, there is no less spiritual power that has been given to you. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Even if you are 
quarantined, even if you are confined to your home and you are not out and about working a job or doing what, what you are responsible to do, many people still have to go out and work and face the public on a regular basis. And if you don't have faith in God, if you don't trust that God is bigger than this thing that's consuming our world, you too will be consumed by the fear of it. And some people don't have a choice. They don't have a choice to stay home. They have to be out. They have to be out there. And I'm saying, if that's you, you don't have to fear. Trust God. He's greater than COVID-19. He's greater than anything you will ever face in this world. He's greater than any threat you could ever face. Our assembling together is not a suggestion by God, but a command. That's why however long this lasts, there will be, even if it's just a very small number, there will be people here every Sunday worshiping God. Streaming live for those who cannot come. Streaming live for those who are at home. Streaming live. But we will assemble and we will give witness, not just in our hearts, not just with our words, but we will give witness for, for everyone, for the church, because our witness is not just for ourselves. It's not for the individuals that come. It's for the entire witness of the church. That's why those of you at home, be encouraged and be faithful. Be a faithful witness, because even if the world can't see you, God sees you. So be faithful to pray. Be faithful to do the warfare in the spirit on your knees in prayer. Read your Bible. Study the word. Meditate the word. Wash your mind and know that God is the only thing you truly need to fear. And out of that fear of God, he will give you courage to face whatever it is you may need to face in this world. Hebrews 10, 23 through 24 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much this more as you see the day approaching. We may need to alter the way we assemble, but we must not stop assembling, especially in our hearts and minds and spirits. A body not assembled is a body not joined together and not functioning. Let us give witness to Christ as we come together as one in heart and mind and spirit. As we are one, let us give witness to the world around us that Christ is king and he alone can save us. As we are one in him, may we know the plague that seeks to infect our hearts and may we continually be turned to him for our healing in heart, in mind, and in body. As we do this, we will hear, he will hear. He will hear. He will forgive. He will act. And he will give to us mercy and grace and healing. For he has already, already 
given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Jesus Christ. If you are in Jesus, God has already given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let his perfect love for us in Jesus Christ cast out all fear from our life. Trust him and love him knowing that he first loved us. Amen. For those of you that are here, we're going to prepare to come to the table. For those of you that are at home, I would encourage you to take this time. If you have bread, if you have wine, I will not discourage you from joining with us and remembering the body and the blood of Jesus. We'll take communion, and then I'll be back to give you your charge and benediction. Let's all stand. I want to thank you all. I want to thank everyone who is here, not just physically. We'll maintain this remnant of people who are able to come. And we want to encourage all of you to be safe. We want to encourage all of you who might be, sim- might be uh, experiencing or demonstrating any type of symptom. And we've told everyone, if you have any of those symptoms, even if it's just a very low-grade anything, sore throat, fever, anything that concerns you that could be concerning, stay home and be at peace Trust the Lord. Know that we're going to be here each Sunday morning via the internet so that you can join us even if it's from a distance. And I do believe this. God is present with you even though we are not all physically together. God is present with all of us no matter where we are. So hear the charge. Heed the charge Be bold and give witness to Christ. In these seemingly uncertain times we live in, we have the most certainty there is. We have Jesus Christ and the salvation that he has given to us by grace through faith in him. Heaven and earth and coronavirus will pass away, but his word will never pass away. In the face of the world's uncertainty, I charge you to proclaim the certainty that is found only in Jesus. In the face of the world's fear and panic, you are charged to make manifest his love and his peace, his love that cast out all fear and his peace that surpasses all understanding. In the face of fear of death, proclaim God's perfect love and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Proclaim the reality that Jesus has already overcome death, and we have no reason to fear death. 
in all the talk of pestilence and plague, proclaim the plague of your own heart and the remedy that God gave to you through repentance of sin and faith in Jesus Christ. Go and live and be the gospel in this confused and chaotic and fear-filled world. Pray without ceasing that we all do the same and that we will see God move in his mercy and grace to bring the healing we so desperately need. Go in the fear of the Lord and be strong and courageous in the power of his might. Remember the words of Jesus. Be as gentle as doves and as wise as serpents. Go and give witness and make known the manifold wisdom of God, not just to those around you, but remember to powers and to principalities. For when no one else can see and when no one else can hear, God sees and God hears and the heavens know your witness of Christ and the wisdom of God made manifest in the Lord Jesus. Let's sing our thanks to God. The grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God bless you. We will continue to keep you updated on the Christ Fellowship Facebook page of any things that may change, so check that periodically. God bless.